the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11. They're pretty straightforward from the Apostle Paul and how God deals with his chosen people, Israel. But then he goes on and shows just how amazing it is to the Gentiles. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose and online at reformedheritage.org, this is Abounding Grace. Welcome to our program. We are back in the book of Romans, chapter 11, looking at verses 11 through 21 today. Now, we have seen in 9, 10, and 11 just how amazingly patient God is with his people, the Israelites. Well, today we see that same amazing grace turn towards you and I as Gentiles. God's amazing grace to the Gentiles is the subject today. Again, Romans 11, verses 11 through 21. Here's Pastor Gary and today's Abounding Grace. God's amazing grace to the Gentiles. We saw last week... That God's former people, the seed of Abraham, Paul here himself, a Jew, says they were cast away because of their sin. Their sin, they rejected the Messiah. But we also saw that he gave great hope that when the fullness of the Gentiles is brought in, when multitudes are saved, God will bring back his former people to the true faith to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now it's true, of course, as Paul has already said, that most of them are cut off now, but this will not last forever. Now there is no thought here that each individual branch is holy. This is used like the word, the Hebrew word potash, often is to set apart. God set them apart for himself. And holy is used corporately and with respect to the place that the Jews had in God's covenant. The holiness of the root, Paul said, will one day bring deliverance to those very branches, the mass of Jewry that has been cut off because of unbelief. Notice he adds in verse 17 that some of the branches were broken off. He doesn't say all, does he? Because there remained, remember, back in verse 5, a remnant. Even in Paul's day, according to the election of grace, many Jews, including Paul, embraced the Lord Jesus Christ as their rightful Messiah. In Paul's day, of course, the majority was cut off. And this tragedy continues to this very day. Why were they broken up off? So that the Gentiles, who are called the wild olive tree, 
might be brought into God's covenant. Now, the rest of what we're going to look at today is largely dealing with the danger of pride, the pride of what's called reversal. Because the Gentiles may tend to look down their noses upon the Jews and say, well, of course, they got what they deserve. I mean, they crucified the Lord of glory. And after all, if they were rejected so that we could be brought into God's covenant, there must be something special about us. So Paul here in this middle section of his argument is going to deal with this. And he begins by reminding us what we were and what we are outside of Christ. He calls us a wild olive tree. Now, two adjectives should come to mind, which are barren and useless. That's what characterized a wild olive tree that was not cultivated, that grew out in the wild, barren and useless. Now, we need to see the truth about ourselves in this, for I believe two reasons. One, God did not break off the Jews from their former position to bring us into the covenant because there was anything in us that made us worthy. There was nothing, absolutely nothing. You do not now, at this moment, have anything at all, nor do I, to commend ourselves to God's favor. You have nothing you can bring. You have nothing you can say. You have no tears you can cry. If he has brought you into favor, it is only because of his grace, his undeserved kindness to sinners. And the second thing we need to remember here is not only were we brought so low in our sins, but we must remember the cross. God crucified his son to save us. I mean, if there was anything good in us at all, God would be a monster in laying upon his son all our hell. But he did lay all of that upon his son. And if we're not humbled by that, we will fall into the same self-contentedness and pride of position, family, tradition, whatever it may be that led to the destruction and the loss of the Jews in God's covenant. (coughs) So what is God telling us here? That if we are to feed gratitude, feed humility, feed obedience, We need to keep God's goodness continually before us. He describes us here as being grafted in among them and with them, partaking of the root and the fatness. Now, remember what we were before as Gentiles. Paul describes in Ephesians chapter 2 our true condition in verse 3. He says, Among them also we all had our way of life, Our conversations in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, with a great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath made us alive together with Christ. Verse 11. 
Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles, that's all of us here today in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant, uh, covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. So even though we were ruined in our sins, we now partake with them of the fatness. Think of all the things that are now ours because God has done a mighty work. We are brought near to God. Near to him in grace and in mercy, in a new song and living way, uh, and, and a living way through the resurrected flesh of Jesus Christ. We are made righteous in place of our filth. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made him, that is his son, who knew no sin, to be made sin for us, that we be the righteousness of God. Can you imagine us as Gentiles? Now, today, talking about these things, or has pride of place, a long tradition made us cold in the same way it made the Jews cold to God's grace. Is your heart cold? Is there any life in it today? Think of the other riches that we receive through the Lord Jesus. We need forgiveness. So what does God do? He blots out our sins. How? By laying them on the back of his own son. We need strength unto holiness. So what does God do? He gives us his Holy Spirit to abide with us. So it can be truly said, God walks with us and he talks with us. He's our God and we are his people. Every promise, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Jesus Christ for us. And this is just some of what Paul means when he says, we now, Gentiles, partake of the root and the fatness and all the blessings of God's covenant. Now remember... You don't deserve any of this, and neither do I. It's funny. Paul's ever already reminding the Gentiles here of this within 35 years of the death and the resurrection and ascension of Christ. So do you think we might need this reminder since we are 2,000 years removed from these things? The church as a whole has grown cold. That's why she grows worldly. When iniquity abounds, the love of many grows cold. How do we get warmth again? When we are humbled by God's goodness to us and we remember the gospel, that we keep it before us and we hold fast what God has done for us in Christ. That is the only way. It's the only way for cold, jaundiced, worldly hearts to be made alive again and to remember something. It is God's love that saved us.
not our works, not our books, not that we know something, not that we've got a certain kind of family, not that we're even baptized. God's loved, saved, filthy sinners. And we now partake of the root and the fatness of this. Notice here, by the way, he says, with them. We've been grafted in among them and with them. And who is the them? Well, it is the root. We have been brought into Abraham's family. That is a powerful thought, beloved. Paul said in the verses I read in Ephesians 2 that we were aliens. We were illegal immigrants, let's say. We had no right or claim to God's goodness at all. And God didn't come to us and give us his holy law. He didn't give us Gentiles circumcision. He didn't give us the temple. He didn't give us the sacrifices. He gave these things to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But we now have been brought into that same covenant. Now, please understand, this is profound language, theologically and practically. Listen, it is not as if we have a different covenant or a different hope than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did. Now, it's true. Redemption is now accomplished. So the covenant comes with a greater power. But turn with me to John 8. We have the very blessings that Abraham hoped for. And Isaac and Jacob, of course, as well. John chapter 8, the Jews claimed in verse 39. Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then said the Jews to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And I say the truth. Why do you believe? Why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and you do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. 
Then the Jews said unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead, whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me. O whom ye say that he is your God, of whom you say he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his saying. Then notice verse, excuse me, 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and he was glad. Isaac saw it, and the ram caught in the thicket. Jacob saw it. Then the Jews said unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, I am Yahweh. I am the Lord and the God of the covenant. So you see here that when Paul says in Roman 11, Romans 11 that we are brought in with them, with the root, we are brought into the very hope of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. But we need to remember, please notice verse 18. There must be no boasting against the branches who were cut off. None. Paul says, because you don't bear the root, the root bears you. It's kind of like Jesus told the Samaritan woman, salvation is of the Jews. And no one who was unwilling to come and sit at the feet of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and learn of Christ can be considered a true Christian. No one who looks down upon the Jews as Jews, no matter what they have become, is rightly walking with the Lord. Paul says, you better not boast. This is from the Holy Spirit. Don't boast against the branches. Don't think you are better than them. Don't look down on them because they have been cut off. Because remember, if you cut away all the judgments... That God brought upon them which they deserved. You need to remember. They come from a holy stock. That he set apart. And where do you come from? You come from a filthy stock. So if the Jews had no reason to think merit, merit, merit. We Gentiles have less. But notice what happens to them. Verses 19 and 20. The natural branches were cut off. But we must utterly repudiate the idea that we have more merit than the Jews. Apparently, and this is hard to believe, but Paul usually interchanges and interacts with those who were actually saying these kinds of things. Well, the Jews were cut off, and of course they deserved it. They crucified the Lord of glory after all. There must have been something worthy in us. It's amazing how black our hearts are. That God's grace would become an occasion for pride. 
that's God's undeserved goodness to filthy outcasts would be like something, someone wealthy and famous inviting you into their house. And they saw you out there in the yard covered in rags and were filthy with mud and grease. And they brought you in and sat you on the sofa, fed you on their best china with sterling silver, opened up the best pinot for you, and you suddenly looked around and said, yeah, this is my place. I deserve to be here. By the way, we do live in that kind of society. We hear today all the time, down with the rich, down with the straight, down with big business, down with moralists, down with creationists. We see these reversals today, and of course, everything now is base and perverse and bizarre, and is given its place in the sun. We have got to be careful that we don't buy into all of this. The only way to overcome this revolution that is going on in our midst, beloved, is to be humbled by God's grace to us. It's like us as it was for these believers. Are you better than them who sat at the feet of an apostle? I think not. It's just like us to think there's something commendable in us, something good, and that is why God must have chosen us. Oh, we must look at the cross because we must give up our proud heart. Look at the cross. Beloved, you had nothing. The Son of God had to assume our nature incarnate. He had to obey in our place. He had to suffer our full hell. There was no other way for us to be declared righteous before God or to be made righteous in life than by his obedience and his sacrifice imputed to us. Paul tells them, don't ever forget this. Don't get all high and mighty like the Jews did about their family traditions and their family honor. We see this today in our ideals. These things were also filthy. That the Lord Jesus Christ had to suffer our atrocious sins and bear the curse that we deserve. He had to make us good. God didn't send the gospel to us because we were good. We had nothing. He had to make us good by his grace and by his power. Never forget this about yourself. We need to hear this truth over and over again. God did not send his gospel to good men, but to dead men. He did not send his gospel to deserving men, but to cursed men. Young people, do you want to avoid pride? Then you've got to think the truth about yourself. Not many people are telling the truth about men today. You won't hear any of it in the government schools. You only hear a tiny bit of it, possibly, in the broader churches. But the truth is, God's grace does not come to good men. God's grace makes bad men good. Is that your testimony? If it is not, you don't know the Lord. And I encourage you to call upon the Lord Jesus today. 
You see, the Jews forgot this, and that's why Paul says here in verse 20, they were broken off because of unbelief. They had all of God's promises. They had a millennia of deliverances and prophets and blessings. And yet what happened to them? Except for a very small group, a remnant. The majority were just puffed up like peacocks. We have Abraham for our father after all. We even see them telling that to our Lord Jesus. We're better than the Gentiles, those scum dogs. We have the ceremonies. Most of them never penetrated higher than the sacrifice to the sacrifice, the Lord Jesus. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.